Okay, welcome to another week of uh, Three Dudes in a Doc podcast. Uh, don't forget to give us a follow on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, join our uh, anchor page. We're kicking down this motherfucking door, and we're doing that. Let's get into it. If there's anything that could be haunted, for sure that what? fucking chair's haunted. <laughs> So we're post uh, one year anniversary. This so. podcast is brought to you by the power of solar electricity. I oh, wish. I wish. That, that, yeah, that would be whoa, really cool, Jinx, actually. You <laughs> owe him a Coke. He owes me a Coke. Is that how that works? Who does, owes who Coke? Does, does it have to be who gets those? the Coke? That's all we need to know. <laughs> does it have to be one of those ones that has each of our names on it? Oh, Christmas idea. Yeah, you get personal <laughs> right. Coke. You get yeah. personalized Coke. Yeah. If I buy it, I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You get your paint and your Coke. That's a good night. Yeah, there's a, I guess, a different uh, kind of snow for Christmas. Oh, <laughs> beautiful. Cocaine riff. I like yeah. it. Frozen Coca-Cola. I like it. There we this go. Is, okay, enough so, drug talk. Let's get serious. Yeah. Raffaea. Are we ever serious? I guess no. we're serious sometimes. Hey. Fuck, seriousness Before we get overrated. into this documentary, yeah. I listened to a... Uh, Joe Rogan podcast with yeah. uh, Willie D, the guy from, he's a dude from the Ghetto Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talked about a documentary that he's doing that he said that it was the first time that he's talked about it publicly. Oh, yeah. But about, it's called uh, Hip Hop to Death and about how record execs um, in the, I think it was like the 90s, um, manipulated the hip hop market to put, to the forefront guys that rap about like guns and violence and stuff mm-hmm. to champion that stuff over artists like black artists that had a uh like had a voice right. and like we need to get the community out of this situation sure. yeah so he just briefly talks about it and it sounds so crazy nice and i was like oh my god we got to talk about it. and when it yeah. was on i had my phone out like writing notes to be like yeah. oh we got to talk about this um so kind of not I was going to say kind of along the same line, but just dealing with hip hop. Uh, I was listening to CBC radio and they were talking about a, I don't know if it was a documentary or an audio documentary, but okay. uh, um, they were talking about like uh, remix artists and uh, like um, mixtape artists. Yeah. Um, and back in like the early 2000s, like basically record execs were funneling these mixtape artists like uh, work. Mm-hmm. So they're really? like, so say Christian's a, a record exec and he, um, um, is the record exact for your you know, so Mitch's uh, group or, or mm-hmm. artist or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, Christian would be like, "Here, you're a mixtape artist. Like, take some of my uh, my clients' uh, tracks and stuff like that, and and add them to a mixtape. You know, add your own spin onto it because it got uh, his clients' music out there on the street, right? Right, mm-hmm. kind of implicitly, yeah. But yeah. then, mm-hmm. but then the uh, record labels. We're like finding these mixtape artists and having them like being arrested. 
Like it was such a yeah, such a backwards (laughs) fucking thing. Like what the fuck? There was there was a huge like he was like the biggest mixtape artist uh, um, in the states. I think he was out of Atlanta. Uh, Had like a huge like um, studio in his house, everything like that. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the FBI came in and like raided his house and took all his mixtapes. That's like some CIA level intrusion. Yeah, I'll, I'll find the. Oh my god! Yeah, the name. So they the just guy. they they spread out their own clients' names. They get that established, and then they just pull the rug out from under them because yeah. their boss is like, "Hey, why is this guy using that music?" See, yeah. and that's what's crazy about I a don't story know. like that. And then what Willie D is talking yeah. about, they're like, "Oh man, that totally makes sense." Yeah, yeah there's like systematic violence in sure music. Definitely, that's like there needs to be like a new word for racism because that yeah, seems yeah. like it's like oh well, that's it, beyond. It's so played out now. Like, yeah, uh, like people hear racism and they're like, man, yeah, like, it, like, unfortunately, we've been des- desensitized to it a little bit, I think, like, right? Like, I don't what? know. I mean, Black Lives Matter. Oh, for I sure. I know that that stuff has dwelled yeah. down, like, in, over the course of this sure. year, but this year, yeah. I mean, maybe it was one of the most powerful civil rights years over the yeah. last 30. Yeah. And it's just a shame that. There was a pandemic going on, so it didn't get the but full, uh, the, full attention uh, deserved. Yeah, yeah, that and but like I guess with everyone being locked up, you would think. And I wonder if there has been a change where people are in their house and they're just like reflecting on themselves. I have seen because that it's like forced reflection. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I saw a shitty little post last night. Well, I guess the message was good. The post was shitty. That 2020 was the year everyone thought that what was gonna be. Like what was going to happen for them was going to happen, but it really was the year that you came to terms with what you actually have. Yeah. yeah. It's not about getting stuff this year. It's about realizing what you already have. Yeah. And as kind of, I don't know, fluffy as that all sounds, it's pretty much true. You know what I realized I have? AIDS. Damn it. Cats, no. (laughs) I'm going to say two amazing co-hosts. Oh, you're so sweet. A year in, and he's fallen for us. I know. That oh, was shit. pretty... Oh, I don't even know. How beautiful is that? It's about as beautiful yeah. as the doc this week. Let's yes. get tattoos. <laughs> yes. Let's get tattoos. Bunch of microphones on our forearms. Yeah. But don't I'll know. get like three, and then you get dudes. Oh, Jesus. And then Tyler gets a doc. <laughs> I'll get... What a bad idea. <laughs> I'll get and A on one ass cheek, doc on the other ass cheek. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I'm getting, I'll get three, three tattooed on my oh forehead. My <laughs> Holy fuck! Where are you getting dudes tattooed on you? Ah, uh, my neck, a whole neck tattoo. Dudes, yeah, dudes. <laughs> dudes like, Christian, you like dudes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> three of them. At uh, least. This yeah. only makes sense if two other of my friends are around. Yeah, but I and swear one of them has to not- show his ass. It's kind of weird. <laughs> like, and it's not. It's not a gay thing. Like, swear to God, it's not a gay thing. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. We've just known each other for about a year now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes, I guess, <laughs> to get a dude's tattoo across my fucking yeah. neck. I'll get it on the back, on the back of my neck. Nice. So that you guys can see it when you're back there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. So, Fine. So, solar power. <laughs> Drop it's... the joke there on me. Whatever, guys. <laughs> solar power's this cool. This is the last episode for Christian. Yep. Never. We won't let you leave. Oh, this is my apartment. That's right. Yeah, that's why we'll never <laughs> let you leave. Yeah. <laughs> so what about solar or something? Someone said solar. Yeah. It's from so, the sun. Is it? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. So this week we watched, uh, it was a doc. It's done by a, like a, an organization. I know I looked up, uh, it was called Why How. 
or how why, why poverty yes. which was the name of the project as a whole but it right. was actually put on by BBC okay hosted by BBC in general and then right. it was uh, the first episode of the whole series was so we should yeah probably say that Solar Mamas Rafaea Solar Mamas yeah. is the story of the Barefoot College which was a, a small uh, activist education organization based out of India and I can't, I can't remember his name, Busty, Buster, something or other. Um, he, he, the guy that shows up to talk to the right. first mm-hmm. woman, the woman with nine kids, I can't recall her name, uh, the one who declines. And yeah. he says like, no, I see it in you. Like you're going to be the best uh, first female illiterate Jordanian solar engineer in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. So that, that guy is who facilitates and created the Barefoot College, which right. is where this solar engineering project takes place in India. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the story of Rafaea, who is one of the participants in this, probably one of the most successful participants of the For Barefoot sure. College yeah. uh, that that they know of. Um, it's the story of her and her personal struggles uh, in trying to become a solar engineer yeah. in Jordan. So basically with the Barefoot Colleges, they take uh, women from uh, impoverished uh, parts of countries uh, and bring them in and teach mm-hmm. them. Uh, like This one in particular was, like Christian said, solar engineering mm-hmm. um, to bring um, solar power to their, their villages. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, it showed um, women from uh, Jordan, obviously. Yeah, Kenya. Col- Kenya, Colombia. Uh, I, I believe uh, Angola was one of them. Yeah. Um, shoot, they were trying to, Teach the one uh, girl how to say Angola. Um, yeah, so I, I think there were some East Asian uh, countries as well. Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it seems to be a global effort. For sure. Well, probably not in Canada, which is strange. Yeah, well, I think just mostly everyone has a um, chance to have electricity here, right? Like there's there's not yeah. villages uh completely without power well i was thinking about like communities up north but sure uh, it it's bizarre i guess i said it was strange because canada is such an affluent country yeah you'd think that the precedent for having something like the barefoot college come to canada would not be there but i think it's definitely there yeah how shitty would it be if you apply to the barefoot college and they're like you're not poor enough Mm-hmm. It's probably a real thing. Oh Jesus! Yeah. I also don't think that you apply. They no, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Sure. They enter into a country, talk to the minister of demographics. It's definitely levels. not set up like universities in yeah. North America. So, yeah, like how could Rafael have contacted? <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll teach you this, Anybody. but you owe us eighty thousand dollars. She's like, I, what? What does that even mean? So yeah, the yeah. way uh, Rafael got picked was, uh, I guess, uh, the guy who started Barefoot College approach the minister of the environment yeah. Uh, yeah which like that guy seemed pretty cool yeah mm, roof yeah uh, in uh, jordan and then uh yeah they went to like a bedouin village and basically they, they took two women from the village mm-hmm. yeah or yeah. or neighboring villages i don't know if they're both from the same same village but same village yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it was it was rafaya i don't i'm sorry i don't remember her last name but uh it was rafaya and then her aunt which is uh okay. um Bader. That's right. Yes. Yes. Then, yes. Uh, that explained. It was a little bit um, fast-paced uh, establishing in the documentary. I yeah. don't like the storytelling was yeah. unbelievably crisp. It yeah, was the, really good. With this only being an hour long, it could have been easily an hour and a half. 
possibly yeah. two hours because well, like, you could get time to flesh out the stories but it was just a tv chunk so i think this yeah this is the shortest one we've watched i believe even including um like the the mini series uh um that we've watched mm-hmm. you, this was 58 minutes mm-hmm. yeah and i think yeah. uh like the mini series like the uh, uh, the design one yeah they were an yeah, hour they were an hour over at least an hour, an hour. yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is the shortest one we watched, and you know, one of the better ones for sure. Yeah, and I think there, there's probably a ton more story that could have been told. Oh but, yeah, but it definitely. was great the way it was told. Oh yeah, yeah. There was a lot of follow up that I found. Uh, PBS hosted this for okay. a long time. The whole Why Poverty series was hosted yeah. with, in part, with PBS, and uh, the director and producer each had their own little interview and blog that was hosted again by. PBS's website. Okay. So if you are interested in more of uh, the details of Solar Mama beyond what we could possibly talk about here, because it's it's a really, really rich story. Mm-hmm. There's a whole blog that you yeah. can find we on should, uh, PBS. We should get that link and post it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Something, I'll, yeah. I'll tweet it out. Uh, Sweet. Again, you got to follow us on Twitter. Yeah, you'll find <laughs> a bunch of extra stuff. Um, yeah, so there's uh, there's a lot more that happens after this documentary finishes like the actual story that you get to see on film mm-hmm. is the tip of the iceberg really yeah is. um rafia went on to establish a business in creating and uh, installing these solar panels throughout her little village like the village that you see in the shots of this documentary because right. they live in a, a fairly large tent uh, just on the outskirts of the the, the building village yeah uh, borders and then of that village, she realizes that this business is being uh, run successfully. There was some turbulence in getting it to that point, but she's now the mayor oh, of yeah? that town. Yeah. Unreal. She ran yeah, for yeah. council and uh, yeah, she got it. There can't be a lot of lady mayors in Jordan. There's not. They, <laughs> no, but, there's and not. I think at the, at the end of the dock, it says she's living in a house now with yeah. Yeah. another four daughters and another one on the way. So. Yeah. I assume that daughter is now born. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, her piece of shit husband. Um, I don't know if he, the husband that we see in the dock is the husband of her fifth child. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, I know that they're maybe now, uh, maybe back together. But uh, in 2014, when this interview was done with the yeah. director, uh, they were not together. And do you know why? He's in jail. Oh, yeah? Do you know why? <laughs> he stole all of the equipment that she used to run her business. All the solar panels, it was in cahoots with her father, her piece of shit husband, and Umbader's son, the one who accompanied Umbader, uh, okay. the other woman, to uh, the Barefoot College in India, yeah. that male chaperone. He, the one who was joking about being the president of the whole company. And just sitting there smoking cigarettes? Yeah, that guy for like the whole six months, just sitting there smoking cigarettes, like doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, he stole a lot of their equipment as well and decided to uh, sell it to make a quick buck because he was getting married and the dowry for men in uh, Jordan is quite high. So they have to provide a lot of money and he obviously has zero work yeah. or motivation to work. And uh, he needed the money for furniture and Damn. goats and shit. I it, literally goats. Like I'm not trying to be derogatory. Yeah. Because uh, that shit's expensive, apparently. 
Um, Makes sense. It's like buying a wife. Sure. <laughs> it's cool. No, it's not like that. But yeah, so yeah, he, he was in jail at the time of this interview in 2014. Jesus but Christ. Okay. Rafaya, Rafaya is, is doing well still with her business. Maybe not still in 2020, but I, I, can't, need see, man. I can't see the mayor and the business owner of this really prosperous new venture um, yeah. going under. Doesn't that seem like a little bit of conflict of interest there, Rafaya? Possibly. That's all right. <laughs> I think Hero would be. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, they'd point. be, yeah. yeah. This town has to run on solar. She's like, I'm just trying to keep people alive. <laughs> yeah, right. the difference between her family before and after yeah. is stark. And I think that that would speak a lot to I, the when, fact that she wouldn't have gone under. When they were in Jordan and the, as Christian likes to quote, the piece of shit husband was going back and forth with, Rafia being like, no, I said this. And, and then the older guy, like a villager, because they're like arguing yeah. in front so of. It, yeah, it was a village elder. Yeah. And then he just comes up and like just starts ripping into her husband, which that is kind of neat and kind of cool in culture where like you just air your dirty laundry in yeah. front of everyone. So like yeah. on a level, it's kind of fucked up that everyone knows your shit. But then also it's like everyone's going to stay together and yeah. Yeah. not be dicks yeah like you're far more secure in your social yeah standing or status yeah, yeah. like you got to be yeah. a real special asshole if you live with 50 people and you fuck over those 50 people every day yeah and they, you somehow still live there because yeah. i think if you were to live in that society and you weren't accepted everyone would tell you that you're not welcome here and well then yeah they just that make door your life a living closed. hell yeah they would yeah, Which, like, you think he lives in the same village? Or they're like, get out of here, nope. you little solar thief. I think he moved out with his second wife, who obviously lives elsewhere. Oh, his first wife, because Rafia yes, was the second. Wife. That's Yes, that's so true. So it's crazy, like, just seeing another culture like that, right? Like, you know, here, yeah, that's a, here someone says, oh, yeah, I have two wives. You're like, whoa, what the I fuck? I think that's illegal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, there, like, and basically she went to do this to better herself. Like, she was illiterate. Um, whether she still is or not, I, I don't know. I would say no. Um, not if she's the mayor. Yeah, Imagine how right. difficult her job would be. So she was illiterate at the time. Like, girls could only go to school up until 10 years old. And then they basically just, and the way she described it is, we have no purpose. Like, yeah. we just sit oh here God. and have no drive just, to, to do anything. We have no just have ability to do anything. Yeah. yeah. So Rafia's husband had a, another wife who was his first wife. Rafi was his second wife. Uh, she had uh, four kids with him. And I don't know how many kids. I think sh his first wife had nine kids, I feel like. Jeez. Uh, that was the first participant that. Um, yeah, I felt like they, they mentioned how many kids uh, his first wife yeah, had. I missed that, but yeah. I don't recall. But yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a different culture. Yeah. Many, many uh, children. Uh, and basically, she went to India, and then he kept calling and saying, like, you're, you're going to come home or I'm going to leave you and I'm going to take the kids. You're never going to see them again. Yeah. So she's like, well, what the fuck? Like, I, yeah. I have to go home. Yeah. And, and there wasn't any kind of legalistic fallback in no. her mind. Be like, oh, fuck, I don't want that to happen. But technically, it obviously cannot happen. That, that, like, that never occurred, at least yeah. not on film. And mm -hmm. I don't know about the legal protections of children in Jordan. It's, yeah. probably, it's probably not strong. Yeah, the dad could yeah, probably just yeah. be like, I'm taking you now. And they're like, well, he legally well, has it because he's a guy. Especially yeah. probably with the Bedouin tribes. Like, if you probably live in an urban area in Jordan, it's probably a little bit more. But Yeah, you know, I don't know. The Bedouin tribes uh, are, are kind of, I, I want to say they're more unregulated. Like, they're kind of more like free, Most on, likely. free on the land type of, uh, yeah. of people. 
again, not coming from any kind of expertise or anything. I just uh, my yes, guess, just basic yeah. from what I've seen, speculation, of Bedouin, and like the other documentaries and, and shows and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, um, it was really disturbing seeing that culture so sure. intimately because, yeah. like you said, like you would see pretty shocked faces if you were to say like, "Oh, my second wife." She's she's off doing this today. I'm just hanging it with you. And mm-hmm. Well, and that doesn't ring good. It's bells. also crazy that like, I mean, it's a different culture, but like Jordan is like cool with North America. Yeah, we're like politically, we're like, nah, you yeah. guys are all right. But and like, how how much? <sighs> like, she's got balls to like stand up for herself and say, hey, look, fuck yeah, she does. She was awesome. Yeah, I want an education. I want a purpose. I want to work yeah um if he doesn't want to work like he just lays there all day and he thinks money's gonna climb or grow legs and climb over his feet is one of her quotes she's got great quotes uh, that's awesome um so yeah like she definitely had balls to like stand up for what she wanted and she knew this is something that she could do and wanted mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. uh and you know more power to her there was like there was a stark change too in her attitude mm-hmm. before and after she came back mm-hmm. Before she was, she was going for it, but I think it was because there was a lot of push from sure. uh, the minister of the environment, Rauf. Yep. Uh, can't remember his last name either, but um, he like he strongly supported her yeah. her going to this college and changing the way she lives. And then when she got back, she supported herself in the same kind of way with the same kind of energy. Yeah, and it was just yeah it was really yeah. powerful she seemed very meek and very quiet beforehand mm-hmm. she was more outspoken more definitely uh, full like yeah she was more um i was gonna say full of herself but that's not what it meant she was full more full of um conf- confidence. confidence yeah oh absolutely yeah. and that was what was neat when they were at the barefoot college and all these women from all around the world yeah. are intermingling and like they're learning one common thing, but they, you could tell that they were like, Oh man, in my country we do this. And like, and then when they first got there the first night, like the African women were dancing around yeah. and I'm like, Oh, that is so, so cool. I'm going to do a little bit of self shameless self promotion here. Um, but so when I was thinking about like when I was watching that and um, you know, I've, I've gone on a, an exchange where, you know, like, um, in high school, a group of us went up to stay with uh, uh, people in northern Saskatchewan on a Métis um, uh, village. I was a Métis um, town, um, and like you, even when we were only there for a week, and then they came down here for a week. But even just for a week, like you grow bonds with these like, with people, right? Yeah, they were together for six months. So you see, when they're leaving, they're all crying. Yeah, and they don't have the luxury of. Hey, let's jump on Facebook. Let's let's send uh, Rafaya a message. See yeah. how she's doing, right? Like, mm-hmm. they grew bonds with these people for six months, and then all of a sudden, like, geez, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to know what's happening with Rafaya. Like, we're friends now. Yeah. Um, and this is where it ends, right? I would like to think that years later, there's some like solar international solar exhibition somewhere, yeah. and then they like the ladies just randomly yeah. meet each other. Um, that would be the coolest shit ever. And so, like, you know. Where my shameless self promotion? Oh yeah, we're still <laughs> on that. Like, okay, sorry. Um, like, you know, again, and her being illiterate at the time, like, would they write letters? Um, like, like, yeah, that, that's just kind of where my like, how do they keep in touch? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, um, that is a good point and, with their imagination. Yeah, and so like we've talked about that, through electricity, a pro- <laughs> yeah, a project of writing letters to people over the world, and, and that just kind of like 
got my gears turning, my wheels turning, and just thinking about that, right? How are they going to know what each other are up to? Sure, yeah. 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 And, yeah, and, and how do you address a letter to uh, a tent outside of a town? Like, mm. that, that just, like... The international language of <laughs> English. Those Those things just kind of, like, just always go through my head. Like, I bet, <laughs> you know, 100 people could watch this documentary and, like... A handful of people thought like thought that yeah which i don't know my mind works just like in communication like, sounds like you just really want friends i do i need <laughs> friends please please be my friend if anybody can spare the time i don't know i can tyler tell y'all some shit about tyler way be like i don't want to be his friend <laughs> not write this guy a letter are you yeah. kidding me he did what i think after six months of housing together and working on the same kind sure. of project and also like coming from all being illiterate, mm-hmm. and then like six months later, they're like, "We can fucking read." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be like joining I mean, a band. We went yeah. through some and shit. You all learn your instruments together, and then you release a CD, and then you're like, "Okay, I guess I gotta go home." And yeah. No, let's yeah. keep going. What else can we do? <laughs> I think that that would be the spirit, and that's why Rafia was like pleasantly successful when she went back to Jordan, and that mm-hmm. she just she vehemently did not let it go mm-hmm. she stood up to people right. that she probably never expected to stand up to like yeah. her husband and her father yeah and she got support from people that she also never expected like from the minister of the environment yeah yeah and energy like these are these are big names and this camera crew who obviously believed in her and her story that's that's pretty special, but the six months that you would spend together housing and learning and being successful, and also, I I don't want to step on anyone's toes here, but... They are in bare feet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Wemis is not strong yeah. over there. OSHA is right out. <laughs> so, but spending six months coming from the environments to where they, they've come from, like Jordan or uh, Bolivia or these other places, Angola... Um, not real uh, matriarchal. Sure. I think within their small communities, there is a sense of matriarchy that women are very important for pretty obvious reasons of mothering and teaching and supporting. Yeah. Pretty much doing everything for the community itself other than representing the figurehead, which is a patriarchal sure. uh, status for most of these these communities. Uh-huh. So like six months of training together and learning and loving and getting to know each other and then not being able to contact each other afterwards, you probably in that six months, you know that like you don't go into this and being like, oh, at the end of this, I'll somehow communicate with these people. Like right. you, you go into this thinking and being quite aware that this is such a unique opportunity. Absolutely. And you probably are not thinking about contacting them afterwards on the day or like the day before you're set to leave or the day that yeah. you're going to leave. You're like, wow, I hundred percent, I don't get to talk to these people anymore, yeah. but that just makes this, the previous six months that you've just spent together that much more important. Yeah. But that I don't think is a retroactive thought like yeah. during the six months they're thinking this sure, and they're, they're, they're becoming friends. Yeah. So I'm the type of person, like, I guess I, I'm pretty social. Like, I love meeting new people. I love talking to new people. And then the thought of like, even like when I've gone on vacation, you know, you meet someone new on vacation, you, you talk to them over, spend a week and you're like, oh shit. You know, like 
kind of sucks how I'm not going to get to see this person anymore. Yeah, like I want to see these people yeah. a lot. Um, Did so, you say you met someone who you, like, you thought he might have killed a guy? <laughs> yeah, that, that's another story. Yeah, I okay. don't want, I didn't want to keep in touch with him. <laughs> no, <laughs> why not? Um, but no, so that same vacation, we met uh, two people. His from, victims? Oh, that's uh, cool. From uh, the States. And we kind of hung out with them while we were there. And uh, cool, my, my friends always joke, like, when I used to have Facebook, they're like, oh, yeah, like, you're the Facebook friend. Like, you Facebook friend everyone. Like, oh, you, yeah. you talk to someone yeah. for 30 seconds, you're like, yeah, let's be friends. Uh, On like, Facebook. Yeah. Kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so so that's the kind of thing, like, where I think of. Um, but we are going to take uh, a short second and do uh, listen to an ad read. Just one second. So, yeah, like, be, like, getting to know these people is, and then just like disappearing off the face of that. I that would just ruin me psychologically. Psychologically, I think I don't know yeah. if I'd be able to handle it. I think it's pretty cool how like I would like to think that a lot of the women had the attitude of Rafia when they went back to their country and were just mm-hmm. like, "I'm not putting up with this bullshit." Yeah, well, and they're like, "Fuck yeah!" Like it like would topple like how culture yeah is like which is kind of cool i mean i don't know why it's kind of cool it's like pretty cool <laughs> and uh the woman from kenya one of the women from kenya kenya said uh you know i have a, an amazing husband he was very supportive of yeah. coming and like he he wanted me to come he gave me permission to come yeah it's crazy that she needs permission mm-hmm. in the first place but he was very supportive and wanted her to to do this yeah which which is great like obviously you know Rafaya had to go over through some hardships and um, break a bunch of barriers to, to do it. But it's nice to see kind of that side too, where, you know, some of these people are being supported and, and mm-hmm. uh, encouraged, I guess is the best word. Yeah. Yeah. That was one thing that I noticed from this documentary is that the simple communion of women was so fucking strong. Yeah. And it like, that was maybe the biggest takeaway uh, apart from, just simply educating people yeah. all around the world yeah. um, and bringing them up to speed if they choose. Cause there's a lot of cultures that it's, it's tough to say, but like from their own perspective, they might really like the way it is. And I think that that might be a, a pretty patriarchal way to look at it, but it, mm-hmm. it might also just be like feministically submissive and like you do you, <laughs> whatever you want to do. Yeah. But as long as you're aware of the situation, it's fine. Yeah. Um, so for for me, like the biggest takeaway from this documentary was just how important it is for women to be supported by other women and men. Sure. <laughs> I can't, you could, I can't let that you could tell that go, but with the like supporting each other when one of them or like they were doing something like making a circuit board and the one girl wasn't getting it. And there was like three or four other girls yeah. trying to help this girl. And then at the end with the exam, and I was like, oh, man, I feel that, like, if someone's struggling on the exam, like, other girls that are done would come over and, like, try and help them. Right. So, like, it seems that, like, it's not like everyone gets a participation medal, but, like, we're all going to get to this common goal. Like, yeah, you're going like, to get out of here learning something. Sure. We'll make sure. Not like, oh, fail. you're the fucking, you're the dumb one. Yeah. Like, it would be funny to have yeah, a bunch of guys in there. They would just be like ripping on each other and like, ah, oh, you fucking idiot. Like they would leave each other behind. Oh, it, it, yeah, or just like, oh, you're from that country? Fuck you. Or and it would like, become oh. a competition. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I was the best, like, yeah. trying to, to set yourself apart from 
Remember guys why? sabotage another guy's shit. You're <laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I, there's, I think there's just less ego when it when women are working on things, especially with men, but with other women as well. It obviously is present. I'm not saying that that's a rule. Yeah. But I just it seems like women have an easier time putting themselves aside and just working towards the goal together. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not about winning. It's and about getting the shit done. That's yeah. not to say that there wasn't any kind of competition because when Rafea finishes first, she said, oh, first, and then she yep. she was just fucking up. happy. Yeah. Like, and then, then when the, yeah. the women from Colombia... Yeah, that, that made me and, laugh. And Colombia! 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 Yeah. I'm like, hell yeah. And, and, like, and like, the sense of national pride is obviously there. Like, yeah. hey, Colombia's in this too. Like yeah. we, we we did this. Yeah, like this is what it means to be Colombian or Jordanian. Yeah. Like it's not about um, supporting your husband and his job and his life. Like the, we have stuff to do too. Yeah, and they absolutely supported each other in that. And correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but like so leading up to it, like when Rafael was uh, was asked to go, and then she went and came back. Her mother was completely against her going back. Said no, like, yeah. just. You be here, yep. just support your husband. Take yeah. care of your kids. And, yeah. And yeah. and uh, she, Rafay said, you know what? I don't care. If I have to take out a loan to go, yeah. I'll go. And her mom's like, well, getting a loan is a sin. And she's like, I don't care. Then I'll go to Mecca and cleanse myself. Yeah. That was one of the most important parts of this yeah. film, I think. Like, that was, oh. like, sociologically, yeah. like, anthropologically even. Yeah. Um, the yeah. fact that she was willing to commit a cultural, traditional sin. Yeah just for the sake of having a sense of self and power. Yeah. And she control. did say to her mom when her mom was like, Oh, alone's a sin. And then she's like, on that logic, everything we do is a sin. And then yeah. the mom was just like, yep. Yeah. I got nothing. Um, but her mom was supportive when she got back. Like her mom, I think she, if again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I th- I'm pretty sure she said, you know, we're proud of you or, or something. Yeah, like that, that was yeah. tough love. It yeah. was tough love. Yeah. Uh, I found that really hard to watch. Like I, I can't get in the way of anyone changing their mind, but fuck me. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. You told me that I was going to like burn in hell and I'll yeah. never be able to like rise up above this system. I'm going to give everyone a light, but you, yeah. And now that you, I'm Mom. back, like you're just totally supportive. Like as if the previous 25, 30 years yeah. didn't exist. Yeah. Fuck off. Well, that was like her husband when he was getting berated by the elder that he was in front of everyone. And he's like, no, 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 I didn't say that. I was like trying to play like, no, 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 I wanted you to be there. And then they're like, man. And he's like, no, you called her every day saying your kids are sick. That is not how it went. And like, fuck yeah. And the minister of the environment, uh, a really cool guy, this Raouf, um, was on the phone with uh, Rafea's husband. Yes. And he was like, so I heard that there's like some conflict in you letting Rafea go. And he's like, no, 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 it's all fine. And yeah. so when he was, when Rafea's husband was speaking to Roof, the minister of the environment, um, who was organizing all of uh, Rafea's papers and travel and whatnot, he was completely respectable. Yeah. He was, he was a good business partner, if I can say that. Yeah. Um, and Raouf makes the point to phrase his question to Rafea's husband that if you let her go, this will be good for you too. Yeah. Um, and he says sorry to Rafea about having to phrase the question as such because it puts her in a position of sure. commodification, essentially, that she's an object. But mm-hmm. he recognizes and he says on film, like, this is just the way it goes like i'm sorry it has to be this way but you know how men in jordan yeah. really are yeah so we're just gonna have to between you and i 
in this office. We're just going to have to get past that. But then after he gets the consent, he points at the camera. That's right. That's that was I'm so saying. great. I got you, motherfucker. Yeah. And then he if even said says anything. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. When he's like, so after this conversation, like you can, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I promise. I promise. And yeah. you just I'll like, do this for you. Yeah. God, I was waiting for them to play that back in front of him and just yeah. lose <laughs> his mind. Yeah. Cause they definitely had interactions in person later when Rafaya came back yes. and she gave her speech yeah. in the tent in front of everyone, the whole community. Um, Raouf was there for sure and Rafaya's husband was also there so they, they must have spoken and that must have been awkward for Raouf, the minister of the environment because I don't think he likes this guy. Well, yeah, why? Well, yeah, no, the guy's... Well, and uh, he, he respects them as far as the culture of Jordanian sure. men to men. Do you think... But not any further. Do you think the wife of the that environment, the guy from the ministry of the environment is just like, I am the luckiest woman in Jordan? Potentially. Yeah, well, no, but <laughs> I don't know. He yeah. just seems like a nice guy. He was good looking, dude, too. Maybe he's yeah. like, I got six wives. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so you still play ball. Yeah. I see. <laughs> Wouldn't be the minister of the environment. Yeah, like, how do you think I got here? Come on, guys. Got oh, a hair man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was yeah, he was a really he was a really cool guy though. Yeah, he was. A little bit overbearing, I think, when uh Rafael was in the van coming back to uh, the airport because she needed to come home because I think that her, her daughter had tonsillitis or something. Yeah. She had infected tonsils. Whether she actually did or that was just a line. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that was ever cleared up on no. film. I don't rec- I don't remember at least. Um, no, I don't think it was. Uh, but when Raouf and Ray, uh, Rafaia were in the van talking, and he was like, I have, I have every confidence. Like, I put my faith in God and you. And here you are. And like... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's that's tough for me to accept, but I mean, on the well, other I, hand, I think he was just trying to like say, "Hey, look, like this is really important for you." Like, I think he was just trying to hammer that home. Yeah, and, but like, she's not a fucking idiot. No, like, for sure. She said yes in the first place. She yeah. knows that yeah. she wants to go. Yeah. But Listen, like, there's an election coming up. I really need this. Yeah, like you're putting her in the furnace right now, and yeah. then you're gonna like pound it out like a metalsmith that's I, like it doesn't have to happen that way yeah she's a pretty like she's an understanding person yeah i do think like he had her best interest at heart but yeah mm-hmm. he, prob- mm-hmm. he probably could have mm-hmm. phrased it mm-hmm. a little bit better I, yeah i think that that's the simple difference in culture for me at so least. for sure that's, this, i was gonna say that's kind of the way they communicate kind of like hey like very direct i think yeah yeah but so this series like the why poverty thing is there other initiatives and like other programs that this series I don't know. I haven't seen any other episodes, but other episodes. There are other episodes? Oh, yeah. There's oh, like, okay. There's like five seasons of this. Oh, there's so like it was like a BBC, BBC thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's and like over BBC's 30 episodes altogether. Fucking greatest. Uh, there, I think the very first episode is called uh, How Can a Warm Man Understand a Cold Man? Whoa. And it was it was how how people with the haves how can they possibly understand the have-nots that just doesn't it doesn't seem to be computable yeah that how, yeah how can a warm man understand what a cold man goes through um that that may have been the first episode or the last episode i don't exactly recall but um it sounds like a cool series though yeah it is extremely worthwhile yeah yeah we'll have to to watch a few more of them yeah I, yeah, For I would sure. really like to. There's a couple that take place in Canada. Oh, yeah. There's the story of uh, a woman up in Nunavut who comes down to Ottawa, I believe, for a week, or she moves to Ottawa under the incentive of some kind of social program. 
Um, and it's just her story, like the difference of growing up sure. in uh, Callowit and, and then, then growing up in Ottawa. Wow. It's pretty cool. wild. Yeah. Like, there's a stark difference there. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. and, uh, there's also one that takes place in Toronto. I think it's called Tio in Toronto. Um, it looks at food, uh, like the culture of food in downtown Toronto mm-hmm. and why some people get to eat and why some people don't and what they eat and what, what they don't eat, most things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. It's a worthwhile series. I think they're all really well done too. Like I don't, I don't think BBC wastes their time because it's taxpayers' money, (laughs) really. Yeah. And uh, yeah, even if it shows on something like BBC Four, which most of the Why Poverty series does show on BBC Four, the first episode, which is not Solar Mamas, uh, aired on BBC One because they want to like lead the charge with mm-hmm. their biggest yeah. platform for sure it makes sense but uh and then the rest of them aired on bbc4 i think it showed in like 180 countries as wow. well as particularly solar mama yeah. showed in 180 countries wow. mm-hmm. it's wild yeah it's uh, a really really good initiative and it it makes me curious why countries like canada like ex- exactly the question that this project is called. Why poverty? Like what the fuck is the hold up here? Yeah. I'm paying money. I know it goes into particular um, pools like for medical and infrastructure, yeah. military, which we won't even get into. <laughs> if you want to hear more about my views on the military, <laughs> watch War on Democracy. He's pro. Yeah, I'm pro-military. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I hope my guffaw there <laughs> dissuades people, but... Why poverty? Like, what the fuck is the problem? So I it's just the 21st century. Yeah, that is what is the deal here? Mind blowingly fucked. I I just saw a tweet. So basically, it was talking about how over this pandemic, um, billionaires in Canada and the U.S. and all around the world have just increased their wealth. Yeah. Um, so this one was specifically about Jeff Bezos. I was just gonna say he's so, killing so it. Dirty during this pandemic, he's. Increased his wealth by $200 billion. Man, do you think his wife was like, fuck, if I waited like a year, two years? So he could take $105,000 and give it to every Amazon employee, and he would still have the same amount of money as he did before the pandemic. Yeah, but it's really hard for (laughs) these idiots to pack boxes when they have thousand dollars so i'm gonna give them six dollars a day and tell them to keep well, packing these motherfucking boxes and and amazon has denied like extended health benefits yeah, um, yeah and a bunch true. a bunch of extra listen guys it's it's off. yeah we're yeah. losing money so yeah like <laughs> he's increased his wealth by 200 million or 200 billion dollars and the people who have created that wealth for him the people that work for him are still struggling like that, mm. that's, Man, that's like some fucking country revolution shit. Yeah. Like, there's gonna be an Amazon revolt. Yeah, and I mean, like, uh, yeah. How? Like, I just don't understand how. If you were that person, and yeah. like, Christian and I are your accountants, and we come to you, and we're like, "Hey, man, if you do this, like this, like, how the fuck would you be like? No, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, like, fuck these people." And like, like oh. I, I feel like I'm pretty fiscally conservative, but like these billionaires have to be like, have to pay their fair share. Like, and Canada has a really bad problem of people like the wealthiest of the wealthy 
um, putting their money in offshore stuff and, and skirting, man. Yeah, skirting taxes, right? Um, so, I mean, like, like, that's just criminal to me. Literally. Yeah. yeah. And then when they go to jail, they have, like, their jail cells the size of this room. Yeah. And they have caviar. Like, this seems, what's um, going on here? You make me sound like I'm really uh, wealthy. <laughs> They've got a prison cell the size of this room. Yeah. This is a fairly sized room. Yeah. Imagine you were in a prison cell this big. I'd be like, there's so much room for activities. Mm, yeah. Not in four by eight or whatever it is, and you're with another person. It's not simply like there's twice no the way of my body. I would find it very hard to believe if like you're a billionaire billionaire and you go to jail for some like weird money shit that you don't have a private cell. It's okay, Trump yeah. will pardon you anyways. Yeah, you think as long can, as you have a man, that'd be great if a Canadian billionaire gets arrested and he's like, Save me, Trump. <laughs> like that's Oh, I hope. Yeah. Um, I'll come and get you. <laughs> but yeah, and again. Um, yeah, so right, yeah, that's. So I, I'm i not a very religious man, um, but no? again, I, I think, you know, churches should be taxed too. Like churches are hey, there. Hey, like, hey, hey, hey. They always talk about hey. how they're, they're there to help the impoverished. And yeah, but that. give me money, you son of a bitch. Yeah, like Is Jeff Bezos religious? I don't think so. I yeah. doubt it. Yeah. Okay, so we're in we're in the clear. Yeah. then talking Why? about this. What do you mean? Jeff Bezos is gonna fire one of us. He's gonna fire Tyler. Oh, man, I just made an it's order okay. on Amazon. They're gonna piss in the box or something. <laughs> you sons of bitches. This guy in particular, if you do this, well, if you yeah. piss in that box, I mean, I don't think he's any been. I don't think Jeff Bezos has been within a mile of uh, an actual Amazon box. He just for a very long time. Yeah, mm. he just <laughs> get, looks at it and like ah, get it away. Yeah, what is that piece of shit? Yeah. Oh, God, that's, oh that's the thing that made me gazillions of dollars. So that's cool. We're we're on this worker side, so I don't think they'll be pissing in your Amazon box. Okay. Yeah, good, I'm good, like, good. I want to be like a Joan of Arc for these people. I'm yeah. like, let's go, guys. You want us <laughs> to light you on fire? No, that was the English, bro. <laughs> but yeah, I guess. And in the end, she kind of got fucked over by her people. So I just, they need to get motivated. Like if, I, imagine you were an Amazon employee and you heard that. Like how the fuck would you go to work uh, mo Monday being like, woo, let's go. So the, the one thing Ugh. I want to know is like, you can see the, like they've made Amazon commercials during this pandemic. Like the interview, like an Amazon employee and they're like, I want a break, like, please. Like, you know, this is great. This lets me provide for my family. Like, I need to go home. Is that an, actor is that a real amazon employee? there's no way it's definitely an actor have you ever seen an amazon warehouse no they're insanely big man i saw yeah. one in west virginia and it was just like whoa that's that's what that is like holy shit and it was also weird that it was in west virginia because i was like oh my god they are just in some like it's sold to people that have like we'll bring poor people you will have a job, but you work 24 hours a day and make $6 well, a mm. week. Taxes there are probably like... Yeah, and that too. So, yeah. Definitely. There are only probably a handful of people making money off yeah. of that. You're like, Jesus. I guess all of that culminates back into like, why poverty? Yeah. Jeff Bezos. That's why. Yeah. Because he just chooses not to. He simply wakes up every day and decides hey. not to think about it. It's just also easier to control a nation when people are poor. Yep. And, and so I mean, let's just do that. And if they expensive. got if they got resources that we can take from them, like these people aren't reading. And I mean, I, I think I truly do think that people who create like because Amazon changed the world. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, technically, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like it, it's it's benefited most of people. Like I guess not not poor people. I guess because they're not. I don't know what benefits Amazon really has brought other than 
the quick logistics. Like, <laughs> no, maybe like I'm thinking like the progress of capitalism, like we're one step closer to not actually needing it anymore because of Amazon. It's almost done now. Well, capitalism I, is coming to a and close. And I mean like, yeah. like uh, just, you know, my wife was um, ordering, my wife. ordering something on Amazon for, for Christmas and like it was, you know, a hundred and some dollars in the retail store and went on Amazon. It was like 45 bucks. Yeah. Jesus. So okay. I mean, like it's it's allowing more competition, right? Like, um, so it's allowing. It? Yeah. Cause, cause you don't think it's eliminating competition? No, because oh, it definitely is. No, because so Amazon, like Amazon, just doesn't sell all this stuff, right? It's third party sellers. Yeah, but if you're Amazon. a box store, how the fuck you can't compete with? Like, I have to sell this at a hundred dollars, and this place that doesn't have to pay for but that's an employee a, and like all of this shit. So they're just like. Wiping right. out. But that's the beauty of competition, right? Like, yeah. so you have to so evolve. Mitch, Mitch opens up, uh, Mitch Incorporated, and he can get this product and sell it for uh, much more. It just makes people adapt. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it has. It, it's it's definitely changed how how we do. But I, and I think people like that who come up with these ideas mm-hmm. should be rewarded for for the stuff that they come up with or the stuff that they innovate. Um, but to the tune of two hundred million dollars, or two hundred—I keep saying million, mm-hmm. two hundred billion dollars—because that mm. just seems so unfathomable. It also seems like it's kind of like life sentences, where you're just like, at some point, like, why do you have sure? Eight, like, this is crazy. Like, You've killed this person eight times over. And I mean, there's going to be some crazy conspiracy theory people out there who disagree with me, but like, at least a guy like Bill Gates, um, as much of an asshole as he might be. He's got the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. He he's doing stuff with his wealth, right? You know that that those contracts, if they the children of families that have signed that to give like the people that are like, I'm gonna give all my money away, those families can legally fight to get their inheritance. Yeah. So like that from what I've understood is like that is kind of just it makes billionaires look good while they're still alive. And oh, then when they die, it just goes into the court system, and then the kid's going to be like, no, I'm getting that fucking $6 billion. Right. Um, yeah, which is kind of hilarious, because they're like, that's just a front. Like, that's yeah. so funny. But uh, but at least he's he's doing stuff with his money now, right? Like, they're just least- infecting people with... Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I told you, Mitch is the crazy conspiracy theory guy. <laughs> Mitch is the crazy well, conspiracy theory That's what I said. Theory, I said yeah. How is this crazy? Because, like, I'm pretty sure. How is this crazier than ancient aliens? Oh, I, I, oh, I didn't I'll say be, it's or Sasquatch. I'll be like oh. Zuccolos or whatever that guy is. Like, listen, man. <laughs> oh, that's the guy that gave like the eight hour speeches. No, yeah. no, that was uh, David Icke. Yeah. Oh, David Icke, Jesus. But okay. like, do we actually think that Bill Gates is doing nefarious stuff with vaccines? Absolutely. Really? It would be kind of yeah. funny. Like choosing to fund which ones versus not other ones? Absolutely. Yeah. If he but, really wanted to make a difference, he would literally give all of his money away. Like what? now. So like supervillains are only in like movies, but there are certain people where you're like, man, you fit the s- criteria of a supervillain real well. I'm oh, not saying he but is, but I'm just saying that there's people that you're like, man, you got endless amounts of money. You just don't give a fuck about people. And like, wow, but that's I, all you need to say. But yeah. I, I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about like people think that he's, he's purposely infecting people with diseases to, to make money off it. Oh well, I mean, like that is the point of a vaccine. But uh, yeah, I'm splitting no. hairs there. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But, like, but he's hurting people to yeah to get what he. Do I think that's happening? Yeah. Not literally, not in those words. Yeah. No. Yeah, like that. That's what I'm talking about. Like the conspiracy theorists who 
are saying like they're they're evil people and they're mm-hmm. infecting like instead of giving them a vaccine they give them aids yeah yeah no i don't think that's oops happening. sorry no. yeah um, but i mean where he allocates his money is telling I, I think that is the story of his financial history well yeah they're focusing on stuff in africa uh right now mm-hmm. i think aids and malaria stuff like that man it's crazy that malaria still kills people yeah is it? Yeah. They yeah, should have like virus. I mean, well, yeah, but, but it's crazy that like all the things that I mean, I guess cancer still kills people, but just malaria has killed so many people. Like how is like the globe not come together and been like, "All right, guys, we got to figure this shit out." That is the question that we're talking about. Why poverty? Like <laughs> this is the same question. Because oh, yeah. there isn't malaria in Canada. There's just fucking not. Like, yeah. there's enough mosquitoes. You got to do what, like, they, the Americas did in Panama and just give everyone or kill everything. Sure. Because when they were making the Panama Canal, they sprayed, because, like, the French went, and, like, the French all died from malaria, and the Americans were like, all right, we got to get rid of these mosquitoes. And then they killed, like, every mosquito in Panama. Deep. <sighs> yeah. And the birds are flying upside down and stuff. But, I mean, hey, we got a river, so mm. let's I do just, it. It's a, it's a very impressive river it is i've seen it firsthand it but like imagine you were a panamanian kid and you're like <coughs> what the fuck is going on yeah. that's would, progress son yeah what you don't got my, you don't got malaria now i'm like yeah but my lungs hurt it's a multi-billion dollar contract in the air <laughs> yeah but yeah i, know. No, I mean yeah like, i think it's it is crazy that it's just simply, control and we could go down this, this rabbit hole for ever and yeah it's and classist and it's racist all I, one of my friends frequently says that like it's not a race war anymore there's no such thing as a race war anymore it's a class war it's yeah. i think it's always been man like look at it throughout history of they're like oh yeah there was a ruling class and then there was this uh, the people underneath that were either cool with the ruling class or yeah. like no nah, fuck you guys mm-hmm. or like we'll go to war so like all right we'll as the poor people go to war for like a year but then like what the fuck are we doing like if we don't see like the famous story in World War One, how like everyone was like, "Yeah, let's go," and then the first Christmas, they're like, "Wait, how about we just be humans for a second, play some soccer?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we have done and seen so much fucked up shit that like we both don't want to do this. Yeah, and then the higher ups on either side were like, "That's not going to happen again. We got to kill more people." Mm-hmm. Oof. And it, I, I don't want to like skew this too much but it definitely wasn't uh because they knew their own people were dying it was because at the end of this war who gets what yeah who gets the contract who gets the country yeah it's like the military like it's it's not about killing people that's just how you get what you want it's about getting what you want yeah and this this documentary makes that kind of grossly apparent is that this isn't about this is about raising most people up out of a life that they don't have to live anymore if they don't want right. to. Cause you like these Bedouin tribes, you can absolutely continue doing that. Yeah. No one is saying you can't, but if you want to be different, here's how. Right. And clearly this is something that those people in that community specifically where, where Rafia comes from, they want to be different. Yeah. The men, a few groups of men don't want to be different because they would like to just steal, cheat and, retain a status of authority over these women and that is kind of another topic yeah but for the most part i think that these people want change they they don't want to be living without yeah they would like to live with with whatever that means a house power food internet 
an, a mailing address so we yeah. can contact these people <laughs> and, and that they can contact each other. Uh, this is how you get there is by sharing knowledge, capabilities, resources, information, yeah. knowledge and information. But it's, it's pretty dirty. Um, yeah. And this documentary makes it painfully clear. Is Jordan a dry country? Do you guys know? Alcohol-wise? Yeah. I am not sure. What do you mean? Like, they I, don't have water? <laughs> well, yeah. And when, when a dry country means... A dry country. I, I know I've that? obviously heard of dry counties, but I've never heard of dry country. Oh, yeah. there's Muslim countries that are no-go with the alcohol. No, clearly, but, like, that's obviously not true. What do like, you, it's well, technically a dry country, but obviously they drink. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? If it's it's 2020. Like, if they want to drink, they can fucking drink. But then there's countries like, where, like, if you have a bottle of beer, you get your fucking head chopped yeah, off. Like yeah, but not if you're the guy who is at the top of like the beer importing faction. You're a drinker. Like, there's well, but like, there's some place where like, never seen alcohol is actually illegal. Yeah. No, but what yeah. I'm saying is that pot used to be illegal here too, but people still smoked it. Yeah. Like, Allegedly. Okay. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that like there's no yeah, okay. country on earth now. Not so, now. Yeah. Maybe 120 years ago, but not now. There's nobody on Earth who um, doesn't not. Man, drink. how bombed do you think North Koreans get? As bombed as they can. On like <laughs> rice yeah, wine. So Jordan, how yeah, much? I can only I can only get so drunk, like. And then I'll actually get bombed. <laughs> Alcohol is readily available in Jordan. Okay. Oh, cool. Cigarettes apparently are. Holy cow! I've never seen so many people smoke so much, except in like maybe 50s movies <laughs> when we watched. Um, China, uh, beyond the clouds. Oh yeah, that, that was wild. Everyone smoked. There, kids rolling cigarettes. Yeah, that's a real problem. But not yeah. for the tobacco industry. They're loving yeah, it. Yeah, garbage bags for like five bucks. Yeah, I was curious too because a lot of those people smoke, and I, I saw the mother, Rafaea's mother, uh, rolling her own cigarettes. But some of these people had like fresh packs. Mm -hmm. That can't be cheap. No, but I bet you, like, we can get Tyler to look up. Like, look up how much a pack of cigarettes are in Jordan. Like downtown I Jordan. guarantee you they are insanely cheap. Mm -hmm. Insanely cheap. Because the only cheap. reason yeah. why they're expensive here and when you would reference cigarettes being taxes. expensive is because of taxes. And it's because of, like, the medical yes. organization in Canada yeah. doesn't want yeah, you like to Yeah, like, the taxes are so high, it's giving incentive to be like, I don't want to fucking pay for those. Yeah, true. So, and then there's countries where the tobacco lobbyists have more power and can be like, listen, we're like, you're going to get that pack for 99 cents. Yeah. That's, that's holy a good point. Jesus. So a 20 pack of Marlboro is 250 JOD. So I don't know what. And I made the joke wow. of them rolling cowboy killers when we were watching yeah, this. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and you just looked up Marlboro's. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a, like a that's an American brand cigarette too. That's the Cowboy Killers. That's no joke. So that is $4.58. Oh my god. That's pretty cheap. Oh. For a 20 pack. Really? Jordanian yeah. money has a higher per piece value than Canadian so dollars? $2.50 Jordanian dinar equals $4.58 Canadian dollars. So oh, we could fuck. go there and like double our money. No. Wait, it's the other way around? Cut it in half. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Man, oil is fucking... Damn. <laughs> Goddamn yeah, oil. Yeah, so like, mm. we would go there and spend twice five, as much. $5, whereas they would spend two fifty. It might be more and difficult for them to make two fifty though. People in that country live like that, and their money is worth more on the economic like world stage. Yeah. I, I mean, there's literally That's crazy. 
Yeah. Because they just they th- probably don't have good minting facilities. And I think like that's part like where a country oil, like man. that is where it's fucking oil. A very small percentage has all the wealth. Yep. And yeah. much like Canada. Yeah. Yeah. But the US. But probably to an even greater Yeah, because like, I think yeah, there's yeah, a royal family yeah. in Jordan. Yeah. And they I would, would assume so based yeah, on how their is. men act. Yeah. And the fact that you can have multiple wives. Yeah. Why wouldn't there be a king? That's rule number six. <laughs> That's rule number six. <laughs> the first five are about how we can beat the shit out of women. Oh my God. So uh, This is a weird constitution you guys have written. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They need to Doesn't do really say though. anything. It's just so you can beat the shit out of women and be a cool guy. Like, what the fuck? Oh, they need uh, some kind of social upheaval like Venezuela. Because they have a really cool system there, obviously, from War on Democracy we saw that part of their constitution well all of their constitution it can be found on the back of everyday domestic goods yeah, like bags could, of rice yeah. that's such a great idea like, oh, that that's is really a cool. way to get your country to be like wait a second give a shit what's yeah. going on here definitely we had an interesting experience too watching this um i mitch and i watched this together and i started to watch it the day before uh we had actually gotten to watch it i only made 15 minutes in um but when when Mitch and I were watching this, we watched it with uh, Haley, uh, Mitch's girlfriend, and that that was really valuable. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't quite think about it when I was watching it for myself, but having a woman watch this and being in the same room as a woman who is also watching this with you, and I guess pr- particularly being a man in that perspective, you don't really realize how important it is to see yourself up on screen and to see it. It's dirty and disgusting and stupid, but it's like watching DiCaprio in the Revenant. You're like, wow, like look at this crazy burly guy who can just go out and kill bears and like hunt wolves and rear children on his own in the woods. Like this is insane, (laughs) but he's a man. And we are saying that because Holy fuck, like look at what that man does from this perspective, from this exact chair. But being in the same room as Haley when she was watching this, like there were a lot of times where she was like, she was like welling up and it was, it was really important for her to see this. Not before watching this. I couldn't have said that this was important. I would have probably hedged the bet, but after just getting this out there and having this exist for all people to watch, but particularly women to watch this and that, they're not, I don't, I feel like I'm stepping on the whole world's toes right now, but they're not nothing. Like I know yeah. that that might be sometimes how it's perceived, but women in the same room as other women doing something together is a force to be fucking reckoned with. Absolutely. Yeah, since we watched this, she's gotten more confidence and it's kind of annoyed me because I thought I was <laughs> oh my shit. God. <laughs> Get out of my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it was really cool because yeah. there was times where she was like, emotional like you could tell and she was like that's so fucking cool that these women are doing this like oh my god and then like yeah fuck this husband guy like that guy's a dick yeah like you and i were saying like you and i were like giving eyes to each other when we saw that husband do shit on film we were like oh what a fucking piece of shit yeah and then there were some things where i i didn't quite pick up exactly emotionally or socially what was happening but Haley like cheered yeah i um I can't exactly remember when it was, but I think it was um, when they were learning. The, one of the first lessons, uh, Rafea and Umbader were sitting there uh, saying to each other, like, fuck, like, we might as well 
just be deaf. Oh, like, yeah. I feel like I just mm-hmm. should go sit back in my room because I'm not picking up any of the actual language. Like this guy, the, the instructor at the front of the classroom is speaking a language I don't know. Yeah. And he's he's referencing things and he's kind of going quick and I just, I'm not, I'm not picking it up. And uh, that that moment was one of the times where Haley was like, holy fuck, like, they're, like this is really cool. Like they're helping each other. Like they just want to learn. Like, yeah. They might be just scribbling shapes onto a piece of paper with a pencil, but like, fuck, they're doing it together and they're laughing and it's just, it's natural, unabated support. And there's nothing meta about it. They, yeah. they don't, sit there thinking like, wow, I'm a woman and this is happening. They're just doing it. And the implicit fact that they're all women is what makes it powerful. Right. If they were told you're all women and this is why, and like you're doing this for reasons A, B and C, fuck, it might not have been so profound Mm -hmm. and realistic for them. Oh yeah, definitely. So watching this and having the chance to watch it with a woman was so fucking valuable. And I really think that it changes it changes the viewing experience because sure. they say and see things that you don't yeah. simply it, because you're sitting here as a guy and you just don't think that way. Did you watch this alone? I did. Yeah, yeah this oh. morning. Is it would be cool like, to have your wife yeah. watch it because I feel like she would just be like Haley, where like fuck yeah, yeah, this is awesome for sure. I, yeah. Yeah, I really think it would be. Good. How weird would it be to watch it with a woman? And you're like, man, I like it before when these girls were dumb. And you're like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> let's have a talk. <laughs> I want to go to Jordan. This seems awesome. I'll be a third wife. Like, yeah. holy Christ. Oh man, you set yeah. that bar high. Yeah, this this documentary was was incredible. I find it hard to talk about. Honestly, I don't know what else to say other than watch it. Yeah, like, it just definitely it. stands alone. Like, just yeah, just go watch it. I, Take I the think time out. I think we've done pretty good though. We're, we're over an hour, so. Yeah, oh, the I'm, beginning of this, you were like, I don't yeah. know what the fuck I'm going to talk about. Well, it, it's yeah. such an it's such an important topic, and I I feel weird talking about it at all. I will because I think it's important, and I don't I don't shy away from stuff like that. But it's a bit of a touchy subject, especially us being men and not really having any kind of perspective. Sure. Um, for what Rafaea has gone through, but yeah, getting to watch it with with a, a woman and knowing that this is important to the women that it happened to as well. That's all that you really need. I don't think that we needed to do an episode on this one. We should have not should have, but like this, this is the kind of documentary that it's tough to talk about. Just watch it. Yeah. Just watch it and let it happen to you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What did you pick out of the said, uh, old fishbowl? Uh, yeah. I grabbed one. So next week we're going to talk about Mr. Warmth. Oh, oh Jesus! No. The Don Rickles project. <gasps> oh, what? Yeah. Donnie Ricks. Yeah. What does Mr. Warmth have to do with Don Rickles? It's his. I, I think he's a that's, warm guy. Yeah, kind of his nickname. So listen, oh, kid. Oh, because he's not at all. <laughs> oh, right. What? No, he yeah. makes people D- laugh. Don Rickles is like very like. Uh, yeah. Don, Don Rickles was like a real prick, wasn't he? Hey. I no, I think he was very opposite. Not in his stand-up. Am I thinking of someone else? No, he he like ripped on everyone, but like that was his whole thing. Where he was like, look at you, you crazy Jap. And like (laughs) would drop, like his whole thing was like, he would just rip on everyone. But he was the dude that I was telling you that was in the Second World War and was in the Navy and would just like make jokes and like fuck around with his shipmates. Okay, yeah. Oh yes, because we mentioned that we somehow didn't talk about this guy when we watched uh, Looking for Lenny. Yeah, Yeah. so Don Rickles was... uh, 
he was a voice in Toy Story as well. So I think okay. like he was very much like a like a family oriented like like I mean yeah, so was Robin Williams. Yeah, still. yeah. George Eddie Carlin Murphy. did fucking reading Rainbow and look yeah. at anything George Carlin did. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Murphy. Like <laughs> I, again, I guess I, I delirious don't... and then like you did you did Disney movies like how my first special was you just t- you just didn't tell Disney about that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess I you know I don't know a lot of uh, his comedy so I, I don't know what it's like but. I'll read like little. It's very much like he would rip on the crowd yeah. and like say shit that people were like, "Oh my god, you're not supposed to say that." Yeah. Mm. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah. So the synopsis here is uh, this fr- terrific feature film comedy uh, reveals the background of one of the legends of comedy, Don Rickles, hailed by some of today's biggest comedians as one of the classics, who they aspire to emulate in their own comedy. Comedians reveal their unique stories and tell how to how. And tell how chance meetings and personal connections propelled them to the heights of comedy. Um, have you, mm. We've all seen The Irishman, right? Yes. Yep. So Jim Norton's character in The Irishman, the stand-up, mm-hmm. he's supposed to be Don Rickles. Oh, yeah. oh cool. Okay. And have you ever seen the historical roast? Where, uh, like, yeah, it was a Comedy yeah. Central thing. Jeff Ross did. Yeah, yeah Don yeah. Rickles' daughter played, I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Don Rickles. Don Rickles' daughter played Don Rickles. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was pretty funny. It was cool. Man, the fact that fucking Gilbert Gottfried was Hitler was so (laughs) (laughs) so great. That's a good choice. So he debated Anne Frank. Like, how crazy is that? There's a lot. Like, it features uh, people like Clint Eastwood, who you don't normally think of when it comes to comedy. I liked his humor when he talked about those East Asians. Feeling funny, punk. Yeah, Robert. Yeah, Robert De Niro, Richard um, uh, Lewis. Uh, wow. Who else? Uh, We've watched a lot of docs with Richard Lewis. Yeah. Harry Dean, John Landis, Don Rickles is in it. So it was before. Oh, Don Rickles himself is in this. Yeah, when did this come out? 2007. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Mr. Warmth. Mr. Warmth, the Don Rickles Project. I am down. Right on. Yeah. Something funny. Yeah. That'll, that'll be, be good. A <laughs> little, little less. A uh, little less. Uh, I, this one wasn't sad. This one was kind of uplifting. Yeah, hundred percent. It was very sad. much uplifting. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was a little sad to begin with, sure. just to know that the world exists like this in some places. Yeah. But it can obviously change. Yeah. You just have to be thankful where we live. Yeah, oh my God. Dun, dun, dun. One of the greatest uh, countries on earth. Awesome. So uh, yeah, so we'll be next back next week with Mr. Don Rickles, uh, and uh, thank you for listening. Thank you.